I'm good. That sounds real good. So you're uh, you're an architect. I am. And I've been an architect for uh, feels like all my life. Yeah. Well, you you got into architecture kind of a funny way. You you weren't. Your what was your original career career path you wanted to do? Yeah, I wanted to be a Marine Corps fighter pilot. Which is way that, that's more like blowing up buildings. Than <laughs> right. Right. Uh, but um, in order to be an officer to go to uh, flight school, I had to have a degree in right. something. Um, so I just started college at Southern Poly. Um, it was a local college, you know, right. something I could get into at a high school and picked architecture because it seemed like something I would be pretty good at, like to draw, you know. Right. And uh, quickly realized that I was better at architecture than, than, than the Marine Corps. <laughs> Because I was in the reserves during college. Okay, so you knew yeah. you had an idea of what that was like. Yeah. But it wasn't, Southern Poly wasn't accredited at the time either. Like you really were like, that's a degree. Right, degree. right, yeah. I just, you know, it was just a school where I can get an education and get the mm -hmm. degree, so I go to Officers Canada School. Yeah. So, like, right after high school, I knew I wanted to be a Marine. So, I joined the Marines. Yeah. And right at the last minute, I decided to go reserves so I can go to college. So be an officer. So I can be an officer. Yeah. So that was a good decision because otherwise I would have been active duty, enlisted, and that would have limited my choices a lot. It would have been very hazardous in the last decade. It, yeah, it could, it could have been. Actually, when I got out of boot camp, it was sort of in the middle of the first Gulf War Yeah, yeah. and then the second uh, Gulf War. So it was probably the best time to be in the military. Yeah, that little window there. Yeah. So, yeah, so this, you then went on, you worked in a bunch of places, and we worked together for a while. Mm-hmm. And as architects working in offices do, we spent a lot of time talking about how we would be running things better if we... Oh, sure, sharp. yeah. Yeah, because you learn a lot uh, about how not to do things <laughs> you see, from your employers. Yeah. Because, you know, yeah. You're, you're the one in the trenches. I think... Um, Hello, Mason. <laughs> You're the one in the trenches, you know, doing all the work. You're dealing with the decisions they make, yeah. no matter how good or bad they Right. Are. Well, they, you know, your boss or whoever is constantly looking for a new work. You yeah. Know? I he, had it explained. That, feed that company beast. That's right. I had, it, I had it explained to me one time from an employer as like baby birds' mouths to feed all the employees, you know. Yeah. So mama and daddy bird are out finding worms and you just stay in the nest and eat the worms when that's right well it's like you know yeah well it's not just like spoon feeding you know you still have to do the work yeah well i guess it's hard to chew up and eat a worm it's not exactly the most pleasant thing it's actually probably a yeah well pretty apt metaphor for, for for working for a bird i guess it's good but you know <laughs> but as, as we're coming out of recessions and people keep saying how are you doing like, busy like, that's good that's right. better than the other yeah. one. So. That's good. Well, I know, like, out of school, I had no idea. You know, like, yeah, it was just, there was work. You know, I graduated in 99 from grad school. Yeah, yeah. And uh, everything was fine. Everybody was working. They were constantly hiring new every, people. Every interview en ended with, like, well, how much do you want to make? Exactly. Yeah. And, you know. I had a good portfolio from Southern Poly, and then I ended up going to Columbia in New York, and 
Yeah, so I had, you know, all the computer experience. I was, like, right on the cusp of computers taking over. Yeah. So I had lots of hand drawings and, you know, balsa wood models and stuff. And and then the computer stuff at Columbia. That's really why I went there is because I wanted that. Um, Because I really didn't get that at Southern Poly that much. And I'm glad that was the case. I, yeah, I did the same thing. Undergrad was all hand drawing, and then when I came back to grad school mm-hmm. a year after a year off, it was all computers. Right. And I, it's actually a really great time to go to school because when you draw on paper, you really develop an understanding of like what the drawing's telling, scale. Like you'll mm-hmm. draw something, you're like, that's there, it looks wrong. You're drawing it one sixteenth, which is one foot equals the sixteenth of an inch. Uh, mm-hmm. and you go back and you measure it, and you're like, oh, that's 12 inches, not 11 inches. Right. So you're like, how did I see that? Yeah. And then you go, you get the computer skills, which make you marketable. And it's a real nice combo. Well, what's good now in my career is that I'm glad that I have those hand-drawn skills because I find that it sets me apart. You know, I'm able to meet with clients, sketch concepts, multiple concepts, and uh, show it to them and make changes quickly so that, you know, I can sort of, uh, communicate with them their ideas you know visually yeah so that we can hone in on what they're really looking for because you know when you meet with clients and they tell you what they want a lot of times you might be thinking something different than what they're thinking yeah words are kind of a placeholder for ideas mm-hmm. you don't always know so you can come back with something that's totally different than what the client was thinking and if you can draw right there with the client you can say no no more like this more yeah. like that or she can say something yeah it's happened to me you know, hundred times where I think I know exactly what the client wants, and then I sketch it out and show it to them. And they're like, "Wah wah!" You yeah. know? They're like, "I thought we had an understanding." And they're like, "Wait, wait, it's a process, right?" You know, let me let me work on this. They and get very upset. If, like, no, 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 we're, we're we got. If I had to do it in the computer every time, it might take a week or two weeks to mm-hmm. turn it around. That's a lot of money invested in something that's not concrete. We're still in pre-design you know right still getting the concept down. yeah so if I if I can use pencils and markers and that and like I said that's kind of set me apart from a lot of people because I do have the computer experience I know Revit now I know ArchiCAD with my new job and so I'm like a BIM sort of aficionado I guess on certain levels but really I don't I see that more as a production tool as a documentation tool and, and less of a design tool. I mean, obviously, it's more like you get the concept. Once you get the concept, right? put it in the computer, you know, from DD on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just watch tapping the hands on the table for Mike to pick it up. <laughs> All right. But, yeah, the BIM is building information modeling, which is supposedly the next step in CAD, for those people who don't know, where it starts putting in more information than just lines, but, like, building information. and Sure. Yeah. So. Wall thicknesses and materials and whatnot. Right, right. And so some people treat it as a design tool, but I think you're right. It, it is. Really is. I more. mean, it really is a design tool, but I guess in terms of uh, the way I use it, it's more of a development tool, like a design development tool. Once the big kind of moves are settled on. Once the concept is established. Right, right. I find that uh, the sketches and the hand drawings marker sketches you know trash paper old school style yeah they're so much more efficient and so much faster and clients appreciate it i mean like they really 
can you can sell it easier. It doesn't have to be as finished. There's yeah, I guess there's something in the hand that if you can do that, I'm not the best sketcher, but if you can do that, yeah, there's something in the hand that 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 does translate that it's um, just an idea. Heather Alhadeff, who's a planner, mm -hmm. will only present hand drawn stuff, and she's not a very good drawer. She'll hire somebody to draw the the concept, and that way people under when people look at it, they don't assume it's a finished concept with a computer. That's right. Yeah. The uh, drawback to that, which I've experienced, is that sometimes the dream is better than the reality. To, yeah. to coin a phrase from a, a real estate broker I worked with once, and that the, uh, what's that? Uh, a list of names. Oh. Gene Server, <laughs> Server Barber Choke, I'm sure. Oh, Mason. Oh, Mason yeah. took a bite out of this. Yeah, you gotta watch out for Mason. He likes to eat paper. That's all right. We all go through that phase. So, like for example, this one little doctor's office I was working on. You know, all that we were doing was a renovation on the facade of this building. Right. And I did some sketches. First sketch, he wasn't too crazy about. It was too clean. You know, he wanted something a little more masculine and timbers. Yeah, yeah, just like uh, rustic, I guess. So the second sketch I did, he loved it. Well, it was, it was hard for me to capture that in the computer. Yeah. Like, even though it was exactly the same as what I had drawn, because I actually built a mass model in the computer and sketched over it to present it to him. And then, from once he approved it, then went back to that mass model and added detail and did a full-blown rendering. Even though the proportions were all the same, everything was the same, he was just not, he didn't like it. Huh. So we, from that point, we had to start tweaking. We had to, you know, turn the columns into double columns and then, you know, add more uh, robust detailing to it. And I think what it was in the end is that the thickness of the pen that I was using to draw with yeah. added another layer of detail and uh, just... It's mass. mass yeah it just it just made it feel heavier and, and the drawing just had this quality that the computer didn't achieve well that's um and I, I mean sometimes i'll sketch in the computer using 3d model where i'm not not watching it but if whatever you do sketching you're mm -hmm. when you're working in that mode you're processing tons of information at once you don't really know it mm -hmm. and occasionally when you go back and try to process it into something that's rational that then can be like have dimensions put to it so make it build right something gets lost so i find myself a lot of times going back to those original sketches and being like well what is it about what have i not grasped here that's making this work and it might be something yeah. that's not the the core concept but it's something like the weight of the columns you're talking about I, like, I need yeah to i beef this up more than i thought because it's actually the weight of that pin mark that's really carrying and it. a lot of times it's not rational you know and yeah and the, you know these soft the software out there now that you know all the college students are using it like grasshopper and rhino and yeah all these programs that from my understanding they do a very good job at rationalizing complex geometries yeah uh, those are great tools but in order to get to the the forms and the aesthetic I don't, I don't know. I, I never used those programs before, but I know in the BIM software that I have used, it's tedious as hell. Yeah, it's 
when you're doing that kind of design too, you've always got to find a way of putting your mind in the right mode. So you switch between a lot of media. So I was mm -hmm. doing that. I was working in uh, on a schematic design today. I was working in CAD and on pencil with crash paper and yeah. looking at a 3D model all at the same time. Yeah. Because you can get to certain things easier that way. Yeah, you know, if you think of it like it's all tools. It's all tools. Yeah. You've got to be. And I think a lot of times people who are used to working with computers who give you something so refined mm -hmm. dismiss the pencil as a tool. And as you yeah, pointed out, I, it's like it, limit, it limits them. And I've seen it limit their, I guess, career paths within company structures. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, they. They're good at that. They become the BIM guy. Or yeah, or they become the rendering, the guy. rendering guy or the yeah. design guy that's, mm -hmm. you know, designing things but maybe not meeting with clients. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, it, it just kind of pigeonholes them. And, you know, that happens. And it may, that's okay for some people. But some people just want to do that. But yeah. eventually you want your career to grow and your salary to grow. So Yeah, you definitely don't want to hit the glass ceiling, like, yeah. in your 20s. Right. <laughs> So I guess we said concept, we'll come around to that, but what do you, did, I think we've talked about this before, what do you think architects do? Because I've told this story before where mm -hmm. a woman was lecturing at Georgia Tech and she said, how many of you are architects or studying to be architects? And everybody holds their hands up. Sure. How many of you have parents? They all hold their hands up. How many of your parents know what architects do? And everybody laughs and puts their hands down. Right. And it took me a long time, 10, 15 years to actually figure out a way of explaining what 